Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the TFC Roundtable. My name is Tony Vichelia, your host with my co-host, Mr. Mario Pelleggi. Uh, today we've got a super exciting show. We're going to be featuring some young soccer talent from the Toronto area. We're focusing in on two TFC2 players who are local boys, grew up in the, uh, the local systems here, local soccer community organization, graduated to TFC Academy and now TFC2 in the USL. So we're super pumped and excited to welcome Luca Petrasso to the show. Luca, welcome to the show, buddy. Welcome, hey, Luca. Guys. Thank you for having me. How's it going tonight? It's a Saturday night. We were talking a little before. And I was saying the life of a soccer player is tough. You're a young guy, uh, and you're, you're at home on a Saturday night because <laughs> basically you train all day. Uh, it's been a really hot summer here in Toronto, and I'm sure the heat and everything else plays a big part of it. But uh, you're hanging out at home and ready to go to sleep on a Saturday yeah. night. What's up with that? Yeah, I know. Uh, I've been training uh, all day. Uh, this week we've been training twice a day. So uh, I've just been exhausted. Every time I get home, I'm just so tired. So I just have dinner with my family and then I go straight to bed. So this is uh, past my bedtime right now. <laughs> the, the, the exciting life of a pro soccer player. You know, when we think of pro soccer players, we think of all the European guys. Uh, Ronaldo when he was young, going to nightclubs, Vegas, here, there. But uh, you guys really grind it out. You train hard all day. Uh, I'm sure you're on a, a diet regimen as well. And then, you know, you got to get your sleep because you're back at it the very next day. So it's a, it's a real grind. Yeah, it's really hard, especially because uh, when you go home, you don't have that much time just to recoup and get your body back to normal. So I'm back up in the morning around 7 a.m. and then driving to TFC. I have to be there for 8 a.m. So then we start all over again every day. Wow, that's amazing. that's amazing. A lot of dedication and commitment. Yes, for sure. So, Luca, tell us, uh, tell us about a little bit of your history. Tell us about how it's, uh, how it's been on uh, your journey with TFC and the Academy. Let's, uh, let's get at it. Um, so when I was 12, that's when I first joined uh, TFC Academy. I think that's, that was when it first started up. Uh, I think the coach for that one was Johnny Tremini. He was the first uh, coach for the TFC Academy. And then we brought... Uh, that's when he brought me back in on, on a trial because I used to play for Woodbridge, Kleinberg, and Vaughn when I was a kid. And then he brought me in from Woodbridge. And then ever since I was 12, I've been playing for TFC, and it's, it's been a great journey being able to travel across the world and play teams in the MLS, play teams that's across Europe. I, I, don't know if I, then, ever, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, I remember uh, watching Johnny Tamini play soccer when I was in grade 9 and grade 10 at St. Mike's. Uh, he he was just phenomenal. Like you saw the guy play soccer, and you were like you were in awe. Like he was he was destined for for success. So then when I heard he had joined the TSC Academy, it was just a, it was a no brainer for that team to carry on uh, a, a fantastic Italian Canadian uh, coach uh, starting off uh, so young with uh, with the team. So you're lucky that uh, you had him under your uh, your belt. Yeah, for sure. He's been a, a great person for me, a great coach to me. Me and him also have a personal connection since been coaching me since I was a kid. So having uh, an Italian as well in TSC Academy and being able to push me every day has been fantastic. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and you know what? It's great to hear this story because you're a local boy who's done well. We talked a little bit about it before. You came through the club system. You were at Woodbridge Soccer. You were at Bonn and Kleinberg. Um, so you really got your first case of soccer locally here in York Region. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I played for Woodbridge for a little while. I had Peter Pinizzotto, who was uh, back then a coach in the system. He wasn't the technical director yet. But, you know, we had some quality coaching, especially here in Woodbridge and Bonn, and I think we still do. And uh, you're a product of that. We never had that yep. chance when I was growing up, but you're definitely a product of some quality local coaching. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, 100%. I used to be very close. Uh, so I was King of Penezosa. He used to take care of me when I was at Woodbridge. He was very close with my dad. And uh, he'd always come and watch me and train when I was playing. And he was very close with my family at the time. So very, a lot of familiar faces in a small world in soccer. Yeah, absolutely. He's always been a big proponent of uh, Italian-Canadian players. Uh, he coached Toronto Italia back before you can even remember before you were born. Uh, he was with the Montreal Impact. Um, so he's really been a big proponent and he's pushed young Italian players really to the professional level, uh, to the MLS, the USL, and uh, other leagues before the CPSL uh, predating you. But uh, he's been a big proponent of young Italians. And I think especially in this community with one of the biggest number of recreational soccer players in the country. This is a hotbed of soccer, and it's pretty competitive when you get out there and you see Woodbridge Bond constantly dominate uh, and they oh, have yeah. in decades. And uh, you came from that system. How do, you, how do you describe being with TSC Academy? Because you're the first generation that got to experience that. How was that being 12, 13 years old and being part of a professional academy? Um, well, when I, first when I was 12 years old, I, when I was playing for Woodbridge, uh, I think right when everybody found out that TUC was starting to have an academy, everybody was so excited to get that chance to go and, and get that opportunity. And I was, and I was uh, so happy to get that opportunity. But ever since being playing for them, at especially at a young age, uh, just uh, it's a different, a different culture, a different environment. Being able to play against other MLS teams and showcase yourself against talent across the world, uh, you're able to just to see where you are at the moment and. Being in that professional environment, being able just to go there and train and, and be able to tr be treated as a professional as a kid, it, it, it's been incredible. And, and I, uh, I enjoyed every moment of it, 100%. Yeah, would you say the major difference is exposure, like you said, to other MLS clubs and, and farm systems and you being seen by uh, coaches all over North America? Is that like really the, the main difference? And is, is the quality of coaching as good, if not better, than the, the clubs here in your region? Um, I would say, yeah, the, the exposure part is being able to uh, even to uh, tournaments in France. I played against Juventus when I was a kid. I played against Juventus, I think, three years ago here at, at uh, Ontario Soccer Center. That's amazing. And then, uh, we, we, went to, we went to play in France and play against big teams like Auxerre, PSG. And, uh, like, as a kid, when I was, like, 15, 14 years old, I would never thought about playing uh, teams like that and just being able to showcase yourself and see where you are at the level, European level, MLS level. It's incredible. But also... Uh, uh, the coaching-wise for CSC, it's great. Like you have a top coach, I guess, coming in from all the sub teams and being able to come together and share your ideas. Uh, but there's so many good coaches in Woodbridge, and a coach that I that I really looked up to uh, as a kid when I was at Woodbridge was Marco Champa, which was mm -hmm. very took care, took care of me and put me under his wing when I was at yeah. Woodbridge. He's the technical director now at Aurora Soccer. Yeah, yeah, That's amazing. A very good person to me. So uh, yeah, there's so many good coaches around in club soccer, but the TFC is just uh, the level, I guess, right now, and the way TFC is moving in the academy is just developing, increasing uh, at a very fast rate. So, so Luca, let's, let's jump. Uh, let's jump to you know, we, we both Tony and I know a lot of a lot of uh, people right now whose uh, kids are you know at you know the age of four, five, six, seven, starting soccer for the first time, trying it out. What 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 advice are you giving these these young players that are starting off today like what what do they need in order to get to the level that you you've reached what what what's this what's the ingredient that you have that nobody else um, does and what do they need to bring to the table in order to breed success like you have 
like especially at a young age, like when you're around, uh, like when you first start, like when you're around eight, nine years old, and you start to play competitive soccer, it's just going in there and just having fun and showcasing yourself, never ever to be scared to do things and just to showcase your talent. That's the most important part. And then when you get to an age where you're 12, 13, 14 years old, and that's when that's when you got to put your yourself aside from the others and and being able to go to training every day and, and work hard. And then when once once you're done training, you go home and you do extra work in the gym or you go outside, you go for a jog, you go out with your parents and you do extra stuff just to showcase, to show how much you want it. Because at a certain point, everybody catches up to each other. Everybody has talent. Everybody everybody wants to work hard, but it's just those who want to put their mind to it, to sacrifice and just to so, show how dedicated they are to, to become a professional soccer player. So who up so what, what separates you from all these other kids? Because obviously, like I said before, your region, the hotbed of amateur and recreational soccer. What separates the average rep player um, from someone who plays professionally like you do or uh, your brother does in the CPL. So shout out to yeah. your brother. He actually got the first uh, PK ever in the CPL, so your last name's uh, embedded in history. But, like, what separates the, the regular average rep uh, player from the guy who makes it profession? Um, I would just say that, especially for me, uh, I just, I've always had that drive and to, just to always to be able to showcase myself, always to work harder than the, the person next to me. Is that if someone was going inside um, after training, I was always out there in the field, and I still am today, practicing my crossing, practicing my finishing, just to just to become like perfection and to become perfect at what I do. And then that's for me is that that's always in my head after training every day. I'm always there to to work hard and to showcase myself and to show the people and the first team staff and everybody at TSC just to just to show that I'm ready there. I'm ready to play and I'm ready to take an opportunity whenever it comes and just to Are show you- how much I care. Are you interacting at all with any of the uh, uh, the uh, main guys on the first team? Are you speaking to them about opportunities? Or are they usually the ones that come up to you to say, "Oh, maybe you got to work on this," or maybe you know we could potentially see you on the starting team uh, on our first team if you do this? Like, what, what what are those conversations like over there at the academy for yourself? Um, well, I went to preseason with the first team in uh, in California in, in the beginning of the season. And then um, I, I trained with them a couple of times this year, and I'm very familiar with players. Like I talked to Osario, I talked to Liam Fraser, I, like home, like homegrown Canadians. I'm very close with, and uh, they just every time I'm in training, like I know that I'm able to play with them. It's just uh, being able just to showcase myself. That's the, that's the main thing for them is that they don't want players coming in and being scared to play. Like especially like uh, I'm 19 years old, and when I go in there and train, I want they want me to showcase myself. Like take chances, like take shots when you need to take shots, take players on whenever you want, don't be scared to do things. That's the main feedback to me is that when you get your chance to come up and play with these guys, you got to be able to, to play with them. you got to be able to showcase yourself and, and make sure that you fit in. And I feel that I do very well when I'm, when I'm training with them. So. so so, for sure you guys are feeling a lot of, um, you know, positivity seeing some of your fellow players on TFC2 make it to the first team. Like, that must be giving you guys a lot of hope in order to crack that first line, right? Yeah, for sure. You're seeing, like, now uh, Jacob Schaffelberg, who just played uh, with TFC2 this year, one of my close friends, is getting his chance to hit the first team. And he's, yeah, he's uh, doing amazing. Yeah, and, he, and, when he's, and when he's been playing, he's been phenomenal. He's been showcasing himself, going down the line, crossing, and just, and he, right now, you can see that he's comfortable with the team. So, I feel that... Uh, Kids that that are our age, like 19 years old, 20 years old, 21, they are so eager and they're so um, excited just to be able to get that chance to train with them or get that chance to play with them. And you can tell when they go into the field, they give it their 100%. So I can feel that there's a as the years come on and, and sooner or later, there's going to be a lot of kids getting their chance to play and showcase themselves in the MLS. 
That's amazing. Do you think uh, leagues like the CPL offer another option for Canadian kids? Obviously, your brother's already played for Montreal Impact. Um, do you see a lot of Canadian kids funneling into the CPL in the future? Um, 100%. This, the CPL is a, a huge thing that's come to Canada soccer. And, and uh, I can tell it since it's only been the first couple of months of the, of the season, but there's a lot of Canadians in there that can that play at a high level, that could play at a high level. A lot of talent and uh, a lot of good players that I, I've watched. I've watched York Nine play, my brother's team, uh, Valor, and Winnipeg. There's a lot of talent in, in Canada soccer here. It's just being able to get that opportunity and exposure. Uh, but I, 100%, I feel the Canadian Premier League is. Uh, MLS, MLS clubs are, are looking at uh, players for sure because when you're playing uh, in the Canadian uh, Championship, you see that Calgary beat Vancouver Whitecaps, and, and that's huge for them just to showcase sure. how the CPL is. There's players in the CPL that are able to play in the MLS 100%. So it's just yeah. being able to get that opportunity and showcase themselves on the big stage, which is good. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, there's a lot of parity. I don't know if you watched the York 9 game against the Montreal Impact. Really, yeah, if it wasn't for that last-minute penalty shot, York 9 would have had that. So yeah, there, there yeah, is yeah. definitely quality of play in the CPL, and I, I'm pumped about it because I love the promotion of the game, especially amongst Canadian soccer talent. And we've got tons of it here, just like you said. And we got to get ready for 2026. But I hope to see you on the Canadian team because you played the Canadian National Under-17 team. Yeah. We want to see you on the men's uh, roster for 2026. I think it'll be amazing. And I think, you know, we, we the CPL is going to help facilitate that for a lot of you young guys. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully, I uh, think the CPL just started now. Uh, there'll be more kids uh, or more players from the CPL getting the chance to get called into the national team uh, at all sure. different age groups, under 20s, under 23s, and then the first team. And then and then I think the more the more exposure the CPL gets in the, as the years go on, there'll be a lot of people from the CPL getting the chance to, to get their shot at the national team. For sure. So let me ask you a hard question. You watched the Gold Cup. Canada lost to Haiti, uh, three to two. Uh, Haiti came back, scored three goals. Uh, pretty disappointing for for Team Canada. There was a lot of positivity in terms of them getting that far, but um, it is sad when you lose to to a small island nation like Haiti that doesn't have the resources that Canada has, that doesn't have the development system that we do, that only has three million people. So it is a blow. What what do you think happened there? What was the problem? Um, even if, if, if you don't want to identify like one problem, but what do you think generally is the issue? Why haven't we as a country been able to elevate the game to where we win championships and trophies like the Gold Cup? Um, for me, I would say that we have we have so much talent on the national team. Players like Jonathan David are unbelievable. And I, I played with them at my under-17 national team at uh, the World Cup qualifying in Panama, but the, the amount of quality we have, players playing in, in Europe and and in the MLS, that we should be able to play uh, against those teams like Mexico. You should be able to compete. Yeah, yeah, compete and dominate in tournaments like that, especially the Gold Cup. Being, we should be able to go to the semis and finals every year. That's I just right. feel that, uh, I guess, uh, Team Canada, just being able to, uh, on, during their camps and during their during their season, they should be able to be able to play high-level teams every time, like test their players, play against U.S., play against yeah, Mexico. But don't the you time. think there's a lot of politics that are involved there in terms of, like, who's really on that team, who's on that roster, who's on that sub list? Like, I've been hearing a lot over the years, whether it's, you know, uh, my friend's daughter who never cracked the Ontario team or the Canadian team. All you hear is that magical word, politics. There's a lot of politics involved. Like, does that uh, stress yeah. you guys out? Uh, for, for sure. Well, I don't really know what goes on behind the scenes over there, but you can tell that 
they they do have a very strong group. They do have a, there's a whole wide range of players that played in the national team. Like my brother played last year at the Gold Cup, and he was uh, the starting right back, and and he was doing phenomenal. And then I guess uh, things change now this year, but uh, the players that they have and the and the quality that they have in that team, that they should be able to dominate and go far in, in any competition. So why do you think we don't? Is it because of climate, because we don't play year-round, because of our system, the development system here? Like, if we have the quality of play, if we could just pinpoint it, like, I'm trying to figure it out. Why can't we rise to the top? Like, what's the, the real issue? And as a player playing in the USL, you've played everywhere. you played with Team Canada under 17. Like, what, what do you think the issues are since we've got the quality of players? Is it coaching? Is this the, the pyramid of development here in this country? Like, what are we doing wrong in Canada that they're doing right in Mexico or Costa Rica or wherever? Um, uh, for me, it's, uh, I think I said before, it's just uh, the, the, the amount of the games or the teams that they're playing, like, before they go into these big tournaments, like, you can tell U.S. Uh, their their development and their uh, uh, their their club is unbelievable. So, uh, but if you look at Canada, like there's a when it comes to camps, they should be playing against Mexico. They should be playing against U.S. on a day to day basis. Every camp they get, they should be having camps every uh, every month, every two months to to bring in new players and and showcase themselves. But if you're just doing camps every five or every six months, uh, you're bringing in a team that's not doesn't have a lot of chemistry together. You bring in players, and then you go into the tournament, and you hope for the best. But if you so look are at you, you are you saying US, are you saying that we have to build stronger relationships with with countries that have strong soccer teams and invite them or invite ourselves over there to start having joint camps and joint games and joint friendlies yes. in order to make us elevate our game amongst the best? Yes, I feel that if you if you put Canada against if put get a the team Canada, you put them against a, a if you put them against a competition that is that is at the highest level, and you play teams that are at the highest level, you will test your players, you will see where your players are at. And then when it comes into the tournaments, like the Gold Cup and then the upcoming World Cup, you can tell that when you go into tournaments and you play against U.S., you play against Mexico, you're able to compete against them. And then and then when you saw in the Gold Cup, you played against Haiti, I guess you're up 2-0, and then after the second half, they might have thought that it was all over, that you can just uh, hold back and let your foot off the gas. And Put yourself on cruise control, then, yeah. And then Haiti, and then Haiti came up flying, and, and they showed their heart, they showed their dedication, and they do deserve to win that game, 100. percent But uh, you spread a, I feel like Canada needs to be playing against higher competition every time they have camps, every time they're they're going into the tournament, they should be playing teams at the highest levels to test their players. Because if they're playing against teams like Cuba every every now and then, they're not really testing your players. Canada goes there and they always win every game. So if you put, if you test your players against Mexico, the U.S., maybe even test your uh, Costa Rica, like those are top top teams in the CONCACAF, so you can be able to really test your players and see where they at. That's amazing. So, okay, Luca, let me let me just let me um, bring something up uh, right now. You're 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 speaking to you know two very passionate Italian Canadian individuals. Okay, we love soccer, but more importantly, we love our culture, we love our heritage, we love where we come from, the food we eat, everything that has to do with being Italian. How? How is being an Italian Canadian soccer player impacted the way that you are and how you're uh, represented on the team? And and more importantly, do you feel that being an Italian Canadian player is potentially hindering any type of success? Because let's face it, before Javinko, when has an Italian Canadian ever been praised at that level before? Here in Toronto. Wow. I agree. When, once we brought in Jovinko, it was a, a whole different ballgame. You could see that 
the 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 stadium was packed, thirty thousand, all Italians, everybody across Toronto. Was everybody had a Javinko jersey. Everybody, yeah, everybody had a Javinko jersey. Once they saw that he was signed from Juventus, everybody was so fast to get his jersey, so fast to buy season tickets to fill up that stadium because of how good he was. And he showcased himself. He is definitely the best player in MLS when he was here. So, but for me, as being an Italian Canadian as well. Um, I, I, there's not really many difficulties because it's just just about showcasing yourself. But um, for me, that you could tell that obviously MLS is it's all more of American culture, it's more of American American background, and you can see, especially our team, we have a lot of Canadians that are starting to come up and home zones that are starting to play. But you can tell that uh, many teams in the MLS are, are based on an American background and a lot of American coaches and just and just the way they run the city. Because I believe there's yeah. only three three Italian Canadian players on TFC two. Yeah, there's there's uh, there's only three of you. Yeah, there's me, Poots, and I'm not I'm not sure what the other one was, but um for sure I you could tell that just uh just being able to just just I guess put that to the side and just focus on yourself. Because uh, if you're good enough no matter what, I feel like you're able to get your opportunity just just being able to get the opportunity, depending if you're Italian, American, Canadian, or wherever you're from, just having that background. Because I grew up in Woodbridge. I, uh, that's that's where I was from, and I was just like you. Like I, I would go to my nunners every day after training, and I, I grew up in that culture. So uh, I, once Jovinko came to, to Toronto, it really opened a lot of eyes, and you can tell that to see that once Jovinko once came, everybody came to see him. Everybody was coming to watch him play. And the and level I'll, I'll was tell so you something. high. So. I'll tell you something. I don't believe that if Javinko uh, were to have been a product of the system and the academy, that I don't know if those stands would have been filled with 30,000 people. You know what I'm, you know what yeah. I'm trying to get at, yeah, right? I, like, I, I, I totally agree with you, yeah. I, I could so, tell because... You know, you, we got we to gotta make sure that we get, we get a lot of representation of our Italian-Canadian players because, you know, there's, there's a boatload of them. And there's a boatload yeah. of you guys that have the talent, just like yourself, just like... Uh, just like your partner in crime over there on TFC2. You guys yeah. are going to rise to the top. I have a good feeling that you guys are going to crack Team 1 and you're going to make our culture and our community very proud. Yeah, if we, if we do, I mean, especially Poots is doing very well also at the moment. Uh, if we do get that chance, we'll open a lot of doors to let many Italian-Canadians be able to get to a chance in the MLS. Not even for TFC, but all will talk, so... Hopefully, as soon as we get that chance to play. And I think you guys have caught the eye of uh, TFC management. I don't know if you saw our, our podcast with Bill Manning. He definitely uh, mentioned a few of you guys. And, and really, at the end of the day, I think it's just a matter of time before you guys uh, crack the first team and uh, showcase what Italians can really do. Because I think you bring that creativity and that passion and flavor that maybe yeah. we'll see in other cultures. You know, But growing up, I was a big fan of players like Roberto Baccio, who was on the field a magician. And you guys have that flair. You come from that that stock, that heritage. And I think uh, Italians play with that flair. And that's what Jovinko did. When he came here, he changed the pace of the game. And he yep. changed it throughout the MLS, not just TFC. And I can see that with guys like you playing in the midfield, controlling the game. Uh, I can see it with uh, Caruso, who you know is very creative when he gets the ball. And he's up front uh, scoring goals. So you guys bring that element of creativity, which um, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for the Italian guys, uh, these other cultures lack. They play a very um, square type of game. It's not as, as free and open. And then Italian, we call it fantasia. They don't play with the fantasia that you guys do. So I would love to see you guys crack the first team because I know you're going to bring that play. 100%. 100%. 100%. Because when, when 
you could tell when when Jovinko came and and when he came and played like the the, the team would go crazy because he had that he had that attacking creativity. He had that flair when he every time he would go on a free kick on top of the box, everybody knew it was going in because he was just so good at what he would do. And then when he was on top of the box against defenders, he would make them look silly. He would put the ball through their legs. He would showcase himself, and that's that's what you have to do. And that's what yeah. the play I am, especially. Uh, I play outside right wing. I play attacking mid. That I'm a favorite player. I like to get, like to get on the ball and dribble at players, take players on one v one, two, and then just to showcase myself. That's that's just who I am. And and I think you obviously you guys see me play in that one game in PSG two. You guys came to watch, so hopefully I just get many more opportunities and then sooner or later cross to the first team. Yeah, and I, I think you got the, the it's just kudos too because you got the right mindset and you're very mature. I got to tell you, for a 19 year old, you speak like a man. Like it, it really the mindset of a professional soccer player. Um, very mature. Obviously, you had a great upbringing, and kudos to your parents because they did a great job with you. But uh, I'm sure the coaches that reared you and brought you through the system, whether it was with Woodbridge or Vaughn or, or TFC Academy, did a fantastic job of allowing you to be creative, right? To give you the confidence yeah. to, to showcase what you got. And often players are restrained and restricted by coaches, but I don't think that happened with you. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, you're 100% correct because I got back exactly my playing style. I was like, I don't want a coach to tell me that I can't do what I do best. And, and that's where, when I was playing in the academy, Danny Dicchio was a, a coach that really took me under his wing and coached me for several years. And he was a person that would just come up to me before the game and said, Get on the ball when you're in attacking third, showcase yourself, do what you do best. And that's where my confidence came. I would score goals, I would uh, create chances, I would assist players. And then now, just every time we go in the field, it's just when I'm in that attacking third, uh, I know what I have to do. I know I have to showcase myself and put the ball in the back of the net or, or assist one of my teammates. And uh, that's what I do best. So, yeah, I agree 100%. And that's amazing. And you're going to kill it, and you got to keep up this attitude that you have because I agree with Tony 100%. Uh, you are very, very mature, and uh, and we're really lucky that uh, we got to uh, meet you. Uh, you're a stand-up guy. We hope that you uh, join us back on the show 100% in the future. Um, and I just wanted to just take this opportunity right now and thank you for uh, joining uh, TFC Roundtable and uh, and spending time with Tony and I and telling us a little bit about yourself because you know what? It's, it's, it's uh, opportunities like this that really – really go to the heart about that family type of environment that Bill Manning keeps on preaching about, right? Like that TFC building, that BMO Academy uh, training facility is a, is just your second home. And the fact that you guys are all part of this, this uh, mega family there and this organization that breeds success and you're able to speak about that with such uh, fluency. Uh, we're very, we're very grateful. So seriously, thank you for being on the show and we hope to have you thank back. You uh, on it. And look, I wanted to thank you just before we go. I want to thank you on behalf of my kids because it's guys like you who my kids look up to. So they're young Italian Canadian. And, and, you know, when my kids see you play at, uh, at, uh, BMO training field and they see you playing in the midfield where one of my sons plays, you're his role model. So he's like, you know what? If this kid lives in Barn and he could make it, I can do it too. So thanks for being a role model for all the young soccer players up here in York region. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, okay. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it being able to talk to you guys and show my story and listen to you guys and what you guys have to say. I 100% will be able to guys talk to you guys again, but thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Go get some rest. I you know you're tired. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Take care of Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.